We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, y'all. It's Watt Harris from another Panther Rants podcast. It's, uh, I believe, a Wednesday. I don't know. I'm losing track of the days. It's hump day. Halfway to the weekend. And, you know, hopefully another day soon to another Super Bowl. Lots of fun. Because, for me, I'll be at the bar watching the game, enjoying the free buffet, and drinking overpriced beer. So, that'll be pretty much sums of my activities for, for Sunday. Starting off, Pitt obviously, as I'm um, recording this, has a game in about a half hour against uh, Miami. Miami will pretty much destroy Pitt. And if you saw the probability charts, Miami's without one of their best players, and of course, I think they're like a nine, they have a 97% chance of being Pitt, according to the probability. So, obviously, the outlook isn't too good for Pitt. Although they've had, the, their last two losses were close, I guess you can say, by, by you know, lofty standards. They've, they've supposedly caught teams on bad shooting nights, magically two games in a row. I'm not sure that happens, but I guess it just does. You play a lottery, and you win two times in a row. And, um... The um, thing about it is people wanted Heather, Heather like the AD, to comment on this, and she didn't release a statement. She said that pretty much, to recap, it's not really good to make any assessment right now, given the season's not over yet, and they will evaluate after the season's over. Fair statement. Because you can't, you obviously can't fire the guy mid-season. But personally, with his buyout, you got to negotiate that. And really, to be honest with you, if I'm the AD, this is going to cost a lot of money to do. Because for one thing, you have to buy him out. There's a $10 million buyout. Then you got to hire somebody. Who are you going to hire? Because it's going to have to be a really good hire in this case because of what you're doing. And hope his players stay there as well. you got to hope that whoever he recruits stays there as well. Otherwise, you're back to rebuilding all over again. So that's just unfortunately where we're at at this, at this point. 
I don't, you know, personally, I think they should keep him another year. See what happens. Because it can't be that bad. I mean, right now, it's bad. Right now. It's horrible. It could get a little better this year, but it's still bad. But who knows? Like I've tweeted before, our luck, he'll, they'll win two, two conference games to close out the regular season. Then they'll just troll their way into the, into the conference title game, which is what they all usually do. I mean, that's what Pitt does. They just find ways to troll the conference, whether it's being a top-ranked opponent in football, which has happened twice in a row now. Miami was a top-ranked. They were number two-ranked. Obviously, Clemson was number one. Clemson recovered and won the national title. Miami obviously was exposed that day, and they just never recovered. And they pretty much lost the rest of their the rest of their, their allotted games. They lost the conference title game. They got destroyed, and they lost to Paul Christ in Wisconsin. This season obviously wasn't going to be that good of a good of a season for Pitt. It doesn't matter who the coach was. And um, Stallings's case, he's got to work with what he has. He doesn't have. I mean, the players he has right now are they got a lot of potential. You, you, you see, you see them in a year or two that they're going to be. A lot of these guys are going to be really good, which is not good enough for a lot of fans. Because things were swimmingly under the previous staff. Well, the thing about the previous staff was they didn't land a lot of guys that were totally NCAA ready yet. A lot of them, you know, a lot of them did contribute. You know, did play early in their career. In their careers, they contributed, but they weren't obviously there where they need to be. It, it, it always took guys two or three years to develop into anything in Jamie Dixon's system. I mean, that was always the downfall, you know, because he would have recruited pretty much high-end three-star, low-end four-star players. He led us some of Donald's All-Americans, at least two. Dante Taylor didn't pan out. That we, you know, didn't pan out due to back issues. And Ken Burch just flamed out and left. He was, you know, he was pretty much in pit for a few weeks and just decided to, oh, he had enough. But the uh, the finished product always turned out well. I mean, because look at you know Gil, Gil Brown, for instance, finished product, really good finished product. Sam Young, the guy was so raw athletically, so much to do with him, and he was just a he was a really, turned out to be a really good player in his last two years. You know, they they've really gotten guys who could come in and just take the world by storm. Because here's the thing. People make the argument, well, Duke, you know, gets, you know, starts with new freshmen and, you know, they always do fine. Well, it's because it's Duke. They can get those guys. Pitt can't. Pitt can't get those guys. And it's and it's rare that they have. I mean, one guy in particular they got that just came in and took the world by storm was DeWan Blair. He just came in and kicked a lot of ass. I mean, he just, uh, he came in and he tore it up. And of course, there was Chris Taft as well.
mean, Chris Taft came in and took the world by storm as well, but he, you know, you could make the argument that Taft was, you know, a Howland recruit and Jamie just kept them. But when you change coaching staffs, you got to recruit the guys over again. And of course, obviously, Jamie won a lot of those guys over. Now, that was the one big thing when, um, Jamie was hired was to keep in that recruiting class together because on paper that was a really really good class although the only two players that really panned out were Aaron Gray and uh, Chris Taft I believe Walter Walters never made it on campus I don't think Dante Milligan I think didn't even yeah he ended up transferring out I can't believe I remember these guys' names. But he did have also a class or a recruit. He had Ramon and Benji. Ron Ramon and Benji had those two guys. Benji took a while to develop. Ramon saw playing time actually throughout most of his career. He became a really good shooter his last year and they he played some point guard. Benji had took him to like maybe this you know the last year or two to uh from the developing anything I mean he had a lot a lot of talent and of course there was John DeGroat who was a Juco but I think he ended up having a really good um career overseas he, he did really well he panned out there so we had a one and done in Steve Adams. But, uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of players in Jamie's system, it took time to develop. And, of course, when he lost that, that entire recruiting class, that was like, that was Kem, you know, Kem Birch, those two Philly players, to name. And uh, Steve Adams leaving, leaving Pro Air, he lost the whole, whole class. He tried to plug in bodies when he could. It just didn't happen, and in the end, he kept the ship together enough where he could say all was working well when he left for TCU. I mean, his whole body of work at Pitt was amazing. It's just the last five years, it, it was trending down. Obviously, the Big East... How to recruit the ACC was different for him. And one thing that didn't help was they went to Nike as well. You know, with Adidas, Adidas they had they, they were they had a lot more recognition. And Nike they were just they were just another face in the crowd, pretty much. But uh, people are just going to be patient with this, and obviously, you know, Stallings himself has to be a little nice, a little nicer. Everybody have a little chip, you know, a little, you know, chippy um, attitude—not chippy, but I mean, like a happy-go-lucky type of thing. He's obviously too. He's kind of more of like an Eeyore, you know, from Winnie the Pooh. He's got that going for him. So, okay, 
let's move on because I'm babbling off for 11 minutes about Kevin Stallings about this whole thing. Basically, I say give him another year. Because next season is going to be just as bad. So let's see what, we have, what these guys do next year. Alright, so Pender Doozy went on, I guess, um, some sort of uh, banquet, I believe, talked about the, the Michigan State thing. About, about his, about, you know, about his, you know, about how he has daughters and, you know, this affects him and sure affects everybody. It was good he at least spoke on it. And of course, you're going to have certain people pressing for uh, details from him. I mean, look what happened to Tom Izzo the other day when the outside lines reporters came out, came after him. But then Jamel Hill had the audacity to re- to print an article about how, I guess, how she tried to get answers from Izzo and she, he couldn't, you know, from being friends, he wouldn't give her anything. Well, gee, you wonder why. Well, for one thing, she's not a reporter looking for a story. I'm sure he's probably been told not to say anything to anybody. So, the answer she got from him, actually... She should be happy that she got that type of answer. I mean, I mean, obviously, he sees her as a friend to even respond to her. Because you know, if it was any other person, if he would have got that, you know, any time I call or text from her, it would have got ignored. He, the person on the other probably, probably deletes it, puts her in ignore, or says, "Hey, talk to my uh, talk to the PR person." I I am not saying a word. Obviously, it's a big mess, and yeah, there's some Penn State blowhards in the media that are talking about this, and you know, trying to compare, you know, if Penn or Doozy knew anything to what Joe knew. Well, here's the big difference: the Penn State people, even Paterno's family, have been saying the truth is going to come out eventually. Well, Joe's been dead. Joe's been fired and dead for about seven years. So, I'm not sure. I, I think that truth isn't going to come anytime soon. And anytime the digging was done for the for, for the quote unquote truth, it's gone worse. Especially with the whole settlement thing, where I had to where they had to release all those uh, victim statements, where the uh, one where one victim said that uh, they went to Paterno about you know Jerry Jerry abusing him, and Jerry said he got Joe pretty much said. Buzz off, kid. Yeah, I mean, it, it got a lot worse. And not to mention, other people in the staff got dragged into it. On well, Joe's staff got dragged into it. Which, you know, you know, for instance, uh, Greg Schiano, he got dragged into it. Bradley's name got dragged into it more. And that's the thing about the free report. When people re- review it. The free report only covers from 1998 till you know to end of Jerry's reign. It doesn't cover what happened pre 1998. That's because Jerry was doing this stuff for a long time. He didn't wake up one day and decide he was a go molest kids. He was probably abused as a kid himself. So he was probably doing this for quite some time. This is what people don't seem to get. 
And, so, and supposedly, legend has it that Free was investigating Sandusky in the seventies because Free was was in the FBI at that time. Because there was a whole there was a whole bunch of child porn going around. It was a child porn ring. Jerry was involved in it, obviously, and he was doing some other stuff with uh, another prominent uh, person in, in Pennsylvania that was um, also molesting kids and supposedly swapping victims with Jerry. Eddie Savitz, I believe his name was. So you had that. But of course, uh, Free was pulled off the investigation to go after John Gotti. And so, when you see the free report, you don't see the earlier years because he was involved in that. And obviously, if he would have divulged, if he would divulge that, they would have questioned why he didn't. Uh, what you know, as a invest, you know, part of the FBI, why he didn't act then because he, you know, he would have th- thrown it in the spotlight. So again, there's really no comparing these two situations. And with the Michigan State stuff, you're just gonna wait for more of it to come out because some of it's being ref- some of it's being refuted because it's already been reported. Supposedly, D'Antoni and Izzo are already report- were reported the stuff that was happening, and not to mention the, the, the outside lines reporter who went after Izzo over to one of his players on the staff that left. That player on the staff is refuting everything as well. So it's that he didn't leave because he you know he was you know he sexually assaulted somebody. He left because he graduated or whatever it was. So, yeah, let the facts play on this one. And we get to the Super Bowl. Right now, as I see it, this game was played on this past Sunday. I probably I probably go with the Eagles to win. But you're giving the New England Patriots two weeks to perform for, for Peterson and then Eagles offense and defense. I right now as of Sunday probably like I like the Patriots. And I also think they'll cover. It'll be a backdoor cover as well. They'll score they'll score late and they'll cover the spread of the four points of three and a half to four points as well. And, you know, one thing that um, Alex Marvez t- touched on, on when he was on with uh, Clay Travis is he said, what he said, what do you think he observed about teams that played New England as they get these leads at halftime and then New England adjusts and that's that and teams get gassed out. Like, the, for instance, the Falcons were up 20 to 3 at halftime. Or maybe it was, it was I think it was 20 to 3. I mean, at one point they're up 20 to 3. Second half, they just got gassed. And same with Jacksonville as well. Jacksonville couldn't do anymore. So, I have a feeling New England's going to carve them up. Gronkowski's going to be back, but I'm not sure how effective it's going to be after a hit he took. I mean, the hit itself, I mean, I didn't... Obviously, by rule book, it's a penalty. But to me, it didn't look like a penalty. I don't think it was intent. I don't think it was, you know, malicious. It w- it just, you know, in real time, 
when you're running at 100 miles an hour, the defender sees Gronk with a ball in his hands, and he doesn't know that Gronk doesn't have you know has dropped it. He knows it's in his hands. And what does what does the defender do? He lays a hit and jars the ball loose. But the ball is very loose when he hit him. But he, he doesn't know that. So, it really wasn't a malicious type of thing, but whatever. It's just you're going to have secondary players second-guessing themselves now because of all this. And that's why you have so many inflated passing numbers now because the secondary really can't do anything. And, you know, they get penalized no matter how, you know, where to, no matter what happens. So, I mean, that's one reason you see these pass games inflated because the secondary's handcuffed, though. They can't do much. They can't, I mean, they can, but they can't do as much as they used to. So, I'm not sure how effective Gronk's going to be, but obviously Bray's got, got, got his receivers. And the only, the only thing I can see possibly happening is if Bray gets hurt. That's the only, that's the only way I can see New England, New England losing this game is if Bray gets hurt. And who knows, maybe, maybe the Eagles do that. You know, I'm not saying intently injure him, but maybe somebody gets a helmet-to-helmet on him by, by, by quote-unquote accident. But yeah, right now I like doing them to win. I think, they, I think they'll do a backdoor cover as well. It'll probably it'll probably be that it'll probably be like a dickhead a dickhead a late dickhead touchdown. Which is always the case. But um next podcast Pitt did make a hire on our coaching staff, which I'll probably touch on the next next week's podcast as well. But for now, we're on one twenty two minutes. It's crazy. I had twenty. I had twenty five minutes earlier today recording this, and on the app, I didn't have the freaking microphone turned on. So I sat there and babbled on my phone for twenty five minutes, and nothing got recorded. I, I was so. I was so enraged. But what's cool about this is um, here I got I got more of my points nailed down. And I'm a little more refreshed. But anyways, I'll let you have the rest of your week. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Drive safe. Have fun. Win lots of money if you're in the block pools. I won't be in any, but whatever. Have fun, guys. Hail to Pitt.